Hello, friends. On today's episode of Life After High School, I sit down with Mr. Christopher Cacciotti. We talk about how to deal with the challenging moments of life and make the best decisions in those moments so that we can thrive coming out of rock bottom situations. If that interests you, please stay tuned. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, I welcome you. If you look to support the show, please leave a review and leave a five-star rating. I really appreciate you. Enjoy the episode. It's the Life After High School Podcast. Chris, man, welcome to the show. Thanks, buddy. Thanks <laughs> for having me. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Appreciate your time. We're looking uh, good now that we got the light going on in the background as opposed to no backlight of the last uh, couple episodes. <laughs> So yeah, it's definitely a definitely an upgrade for sure on the production end of it. But uh, yeah, so with that, then thank you for your time. And um, for people who don't quite know about you or what your story is, uh, give us a bit of a rundown, like who you are, kind of what's your story. So uh, Chris Cacciotti, uh, professionally, I'm a fund developer uh, at the YMCA of Northeastern Ontario. So I cover Sudbury uh, and North Bay YMCA's. Mm -hmm. where I do things like uh, donor relations, special event coordination, um, grant writing, um, and things of that nature. Nice. Um, recreationally, I'm uh, big into uh, I'm running, trail running, mm -hmm. uh, obstacle course racing, so Spartans, Tough Mudders, nice. things of that nature, uh, into fitness for sure. Uh, two kids. Life yeah. and uh, just a super fun loving guy that likes to oh children's book author yes yes children's book author, which believe me we'll we'll dive into that later on in the show for yeah. sure uh registered athlete with the canadian ninja league i've competed nice. at nationals and worlds um in that sport yeah so kind of oh uh very proud, very proud Rotarian. I'm a uh, past president and current uh, club service director for the Rotary Club of Surrey Sunrisers. Uh, always engaged in some kind of community level event. And, yeah. Uh, and yeah. That's pretty sweet. That's pretty more sweet. Of it, that's pretty high level. Nice. So then with those things, um, how this episode we've talked about, how it's going to break down is, I'd like us to focus on just kind of challenges we've faced, uh, times that you felt that you couldn't really bounce back and from those experiences you've had in your life. And uh, we'll kind of break down what went on in your head, what's going on in the scenario, and then how you managed to make the best out of the uh, worst scenario situations, if possible. How's that sound? Yeah, man, that's what it's all about. I'm a, I feel like I'm a bona fide expert in that field, so... Nice. Very, uh, very much stoked to chat about that and bring some enlightenment to the uh, to the viewing audience. That's awesome. So then Ooh. we'll start. We'll start with. Hold on. Hold on. Before we start, we made we discussed wine when we yeah. caught up on Wednesday. What type of wine are you drinking? This is. I have no idea. My uh, mother-in-law brought this over, but I also have a. Ryan Coke on the go too. So. Oh, geez. Taking the edge off from all sides. Well, nice. dude, Friday night vibes. Friday night vibes. That's We're partying. Man. One day when I get my own studio and I have people coming in off the, like 
coming in to chat, then I'll probably, uh, I'll vibe a bit more with the wine and stuff. But uh, not only do I not have any on me, I would have had I had not been as discussed with my buddy uh, trying to do a mission before eight, but I got my water to keep my uh, mouth like wet go. and good that's for the conversation. The that's, and roll, so. that's the critical thing. As long as you got something to keep your whistle wet. Yeah, that's it. Good. That's it, man. Nice. So yeah, so let's start off with uh, then with your athletic career. So kind of take me through how all the Spartan races, the Tough Mudders, the Ninja Leagues, right? Take me through how that kind of started and how it kind of increased. Yeah. So this, is a, this, is, this is a pretty good one. This is a pretty good story. So um, I've always been a fan of like obstacle courses, whether they be like the inflatable kind as kids and then American Ninja Warrior came out and I was like, super into it and i liked the washouts and the like all these game shows and tv shows i had i was always just so interested in doing those kinds of things and then when we moved down to toronto a couple years ago um to at the beginning of our journey with everett Mm -hmm. uh there was a we found a uh, ninja warrior facility like 10 minutes from my uncle's house where we were living So him and I went there and had like a super fun couple of hours, did all of the kind of ninja warrior obstacles that they, that they had the facilities called ninjas, a great facility, probably one of the first, uh, one of the first in Ontario Mm -hmm. for sure, not Canada and uh, had a great time. And then once Everett was born and we moved downtown Mm -hmm. uh, to be at Sweet Kids, Uh, I was like, oh man, Leslie, like, it's going to be tough getting up to Vaughn. That's like a 40 minute commute and I got to get the car and it logistically just didn't make a ton of sense. And then that's way more time away from Everett and Leslie. So Leslie actually found this place uh, called Pursuit OCR at Dufferin. It was at Dufferin and Dundas. Mm And I went there like five, uh, five days, five, six, seven days a week, two hours a day. I'd skateboard there as a warm up. I nice. jam there for like two hours, two and a half, three hours a day, just to kind of like <laughs> sweat out the demon, de-stress, enter like a different world where I was fully in control and just mm-hmm. like recenter, recalibrate, refocus, right? So I started doing all, I started doing that very consistently, got extremely good at it and fast at it. Uh, and then like, just by, because, you know, co- sheer coincidence, the like a couple of months, not even after we moved back home, um, Apex, Apex Warrior uh, opened in Sudbury. Right. So while all this was going on, I was uh, Dennis, the owner, Dennis Lego, came up as a suggested friend on my Facebook. And I saw him doing his profile picture was him doing like a high scaled Ninja Warrior obstacle. Oh, sweet. So I was like, uh, yeah, so this guy should totally be my friend. So I clicked him up and then I saw through his post that he was like getting ready to be opening this ninja gym. So I hit him up and I was like, yo dude, man, if you, if you need a hand with anything, just let me know, man. Like I'm super passionate about the sport and, uh, and I just want to get involved. So me and my friend, Matt, who's also very passionate about Ninja Warrior, 
actually helped him and his partner Gus actually build out the the facility, like put the rig together, build the build the the ramp wall, mm-hmm. and uh, and then it's been and that's where. And that's where I got into the outdoor obstacle course racing is Dennis is like a Spartan, uh, Spartan racer, like hardcore trail runner. And he's who got me into, um, he's who got me like full rip into, into trail running and, and Spartan training. Nice. That's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. And the UNAA stuff, the Ninja. Yeah. Nice, man. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Like I can tell. So because unfortunately due to this um, pandemic that we're all facing around the world, I have yet to meet you in person. Sort of though. Like what I mean by that is, and that's kind of how I connected with Connor is um, through the night of mismatches event. So uh, I was like, uh, like my little. You were there? Yeah. You were there? I, yeah, I went with my little brother's friend group, like uh, Cam, who runs Capture. I had to run the slideshow while he did the cameras. So I was like back putting up the slideshows as everyone goes in their little montage videos as you walk out kind of thing. So doing that, I was like, right. hey, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So I got to watch everyone go and then throw down. So I had a lot of wine. So yeah, it was a pretty good night. So it was pretty cool to watch you guys do your thing. Yeah, so you saw me. You saw me come out victorious. Yeah, I did, man. Yeah, that was sick. You're all flipping and stuff around the cave, uh, around the ring. And I was like, <laughs> oh man, no, it was Yo, wild. Dennis, never, Dennis, never forget, never forget. I know you're gonna see this. <laughs> you uh, do a round two. Yeah, Connor and I were just talking about that. Um, yeah. If, uh, very, very good chance that we get brought back to reprise our role because the cool thing about that was that the cool thing about that is that since Dennis and I are such good friends, we were able to really go all out on each other because we knew it was we knew it was all love at the end of the day. Yeah, right? you knew there was no awkward boundaries. You're like, I don't know if I do this, he's gonna get mad at me, right. and then he's gonna get right. back. Exactly. Me. Like, yeah. So, so we were actually, we were actually. <laughs> Like, that was, like, a full tilt battle. Oh, you could tell. It was sick. Oh, yeah. Full tilt. And I I didn't want to let – like, I wanted to destroy him, and he wanted to destroy me. Like, it was was a battle of the – it was a battle out there. So All in the um, name of uh, charity. Definitely definitely a good way to – definitely a good way to open open things up. That's for sure. Yeah, no kidding, man. You guys were dropping, like, power bombs and stuff. I was like, what's going on here? I was like, is it? Like, let let me know. Let me know the secret. Uh, Do you guys plan much of that or all of it or none of it or – so so this is how it went down so it was a full full tilt match yes but we had like five or six things that we wanted to incorporate oh yeah a few spots for sure it was like we're gonna we're gonna go 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 and then you go to kick me and i'll flip you backwards right and then it's go it's like so we had we had a couple of big yeah. things that we wanted to put in for entertainment value like the flips and the and the slams and yeah. the, all that Just stuff that. so yeah. we we knew that we wanted to get it in there but the full thing was a real was a real match nice that's pretty sweet i like that i like that a lot it looked pretty like i cuz i was like it looks like it could be scripted but it looks too like it 
doesn't look like wrestling. Like, you know, when WWE does there, like, uh, it looks like really staged, but your guys' yeah. episodes didn't. And it kind of, like, I was like, okay, they definitely got spots in there. Like, they definitely talked about stuff, <laughs> but I don't know, because they're landing pretty good. I was like, they're landing, like, safely. Like, right. Oh, sick. Man, I can't get over that. But, uh, yeah, a second round, uh, like, a second uh, event like that would be pretty sweet, I think, for the community especially. Yeah, maybe even like a full tilt Royal, like an apex Royal Rumble where we have like eight people in there trying to like smash on each other. Yeah, that'd be pretty sweet. It'd be interesting to see how you kind of uh, like make it different, but this, but similar. And like when I was talking to Connor about the event as well, he said something along those lines. Like it's, you want to make something that people will want to go towards doing, like want to see, but you have to play in the fine lines of what's like professional entertainment. Does that make right. sense? Or it's like you can't right. you can't be too stupid and do all these crazy things because people will want to watch it, but it kind of takes a damper on what you're actually doing at the end of the night. Like it's all for charity, like it's to be a cool community event that you don't see every day, you know. So trying to make right. it unique without it uh, putting a damper on anyone's reputation. So yeah, that's what I felt. And I think he did. I think he did that perfectly. I 100%. think it was the event. The event itself, like everything about it, was executed like so well and on point. And I think that, I think that he, I think that year two can only be, uh, can only be up, man. <laughs> to build on that momentum and the way yeah. that they're gonna, the way that they're gonna, the the amount of footage and content that was captured that night will be like they'll do wonders with that to like promote the next 100%. one and, like it's gonna be there's just gonna be a snowball effect for yeah. sure so that's and that'd be, be pretty cool to see cool. yeah absolutely man absolutely so <clears throat> i'm curious we talked a bit on wednesday about um now we'll dive into the minutia of uh what we're gonna talk about today but it's uh what are some don't, challenges don't downplay it by saying minutia nine my Minutia is a cool word that I've heard in a sentence. The like, details. Right. But like yeah. minutia, now that it might just be my interpretation of it, but minutia is, minutia seems like it has almost like an insignificance, like a insignificant quality to it. What do you think? I what think, think, so I've heard it, the only times I've ever heard it in a sentence, um, they used it. And then somebody said, what is that? And they're like, basically it means details. And yeah, the small, the small, precise or trivial details of something. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So See, that's where it's trivial. Tri uh, what is trivial. Oh, that's where you think it kind of gets passed over. Where does trivial with that word. You know what I really, you know what I really like about what I like, you know what I really like about your format is that this isn't live. So like we nope. can jam and search stuff up and man, I feel like it has such a, I feel like it has such a different like level of jam to it because like you and I can literally like, I might let a swear or two fly and like, yeah, we can look stuff up and of little look trivial of little value or importance. So trivial takes away the significance but the first three words were pretty like serious trivial because trivial is trivial is one of the keywords small precise or trivial so i so i think that's why i got a, an insignificance vibe the mm. minutia of everyday life used in the sentence 
Yeah, I find to your point, what's cool when it's not live is you can also like, not only can I edit this whole part out where we like go into it, but we could, we, I'll probably keep it in, but there's a, yeah, there's no pressure because we're not live. You don't see a number of how many people are watching you right now. And then that number gets in your head because all the, it's what Tim Ferriss calls vanity metrics and all the vanity metrics that go on are kind of get stuck in people's heads. And then it removes you from thinking of your, total goal at the end like my end goal is enough that if i get 50 views on a show versus 400 it's not the end of my world it doesn't ruin my day it's like oh because i'm not i i used to be obsessed with the vanity metrics and now it's the impact i try to make and it's like okay the goal is clear this is the direction we're taking if this video gets less views or watch times than the next one it's like that's fine because what you're bringing to the table versus what say Connor's broader what my next guest is bringing there's each of them kind of all oh, yes there's this big puzzle of positivity that each one of you kind of fits in the mold and then it kind of helps drive the whole goal at the end which is that's what we're trying to do and it's it's perfect because I'm like man we got this flows easy there's no pressure on it we're not trying to focus on numbers we're trying to focus on like quality so Right, we're man. going with it. it. We're rolling with it. Okay, so, so the details so, of uh, the show, yeah. Yeah, my mission, it, yeah don't so 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 now that we've googled this and we understand, don't sell yourself short by saying minutia. Okay. Call it like call it like the not even nitty gritty, but call it like the meat and potatoes. Okay. We're going to break down and uh, get to the meat and potatoes of um, <laughs> how you deal with being in the rut or the worst case scenario or dealing with something that feels like the world might be caving in or like the world's against you and nothing's working out. And how do you come out of that and make the best of a literal worst situation you could be in? So, and you throw right. some examples of ones you've been in and how you've achieved and how other people knows this a lot I'm putting on you, but other people can use what yeah. you've been through. So, so, um, so there has been throughout my life, there has been actually several very, very impactful times where where negative situations have been thrust upon me. So um, I want to I want to caveat all this by saying that I, in no way, shape, or form, um, I, in every single way, shape, and form, lived a fairly to very privileged childhood. Right? I grew up in the upper middle to middle upper middle class. You would say. Um, had amazing parents a good group of friends but there were there were several times in my life where where I really did go through some some pretty hardcore stuff uh dating all the way back to when I was a kid so uh when I was seven I was in grade two so like six or seven I was diagnosed with like Perthes disease where the ball in my hip joint disintegrated and I had to wear these like Forrest Gump style leg braces 
um, well, first I started in a ca traction, then a cast, then these leg braces. And I had to wear those for five years to keep my hips immobilized, to keep my hip immobilized while that bone, while that bone grew back. Wow. Right. So, so this was at a young age. I was, I was, um, very much immobile mm -hmm. and I was looked at a little bit differently. I was treated differently by teachers, um, whether they meant to or not. Like I was made to stay inside during, you remember those track and field, those track and field days in elementary yeah. school when yeah, every best. single kid is outside, no matter if they're good, bad, what, at sports, Everybody whatever, they're trying out, they're not, everyone's outside. The kids that are not are playing like the hand games and stuff, like yeah. nice weather, right? Not this guy. This guy had leg braces on, so mm -hmm. he had to stay in the class and watch from, watch from inside. Or trips to the Big Nickel, yeah. uh, field trips to the Big Nickel. I was brought to the Big Nickel, but not allowed down into the mine. I had to stay in the in the lobby and trying to make the best of it. Yeah. I found a scavenger hunt that I started doing, and my teacher came up and and like pretty much scolded me for not staying in the lobby she found like outside because i was looking for like this specific type of rock or something yeah um so so that had an impact on me but I, my parents all they first of all they never coddled me uh they always kind of made they made me kind of like manage manage myself in that regard like never they made from the very beginning they made me climb up the stairs as tough as that was for them mm -hmm. um you know like my dad that's like one of the only times that i didn't even see it i was just told this by my mom later when i was older is that was yeah. like one of the only times he's ever cried is when i'm like wow like asking them to help me up the stairs and they have to and they're saying no right yeah. because they want to make me be self-reliant yeah, right? absolutely. Learn how to and learn Smart. how to get up the stairs. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Um, and my, my mom just said she's like all that she drove it in all the time. She's like, you know what, Chris? There's gonna be some people out there that like say things or to you that you don't like or that are mean or people that you don't like. But you just gotta, you just gotta like deal with that and just keep going on your own kind of and your own path. So yeah. that was a first phase. But in that, I, I learned how to skate with my braces on. I learned how to ride my bike with my braces on. Wow. I, was, I, was winning, I was winning like school obstacle course races with those braces on. So it was like drilled into me from the very beginning that these, these braces weren't a thing that could slow me down. Like it wasn't in my mind that I was a kid with braces. Mm -hmm. I would just like continue living my life but I had these things on my legs. Right. So, so that kind of set me up for success on that front yeah. right from the get. I got those off in grade five in grade. And then I had a great run, uh, actually like grades just shortly after that, like grade late grade five, this kid started bullying me and he bullied me like all the way through to grade nine um like literally bullied me out of my high school like oh. i had to go to i had to go to a different school i had to go to a different school but even that even the bullying it wasn't like 
Like it was weird stuff. Like, it was, it wasn't like, it, it didn't affect me outside of school. Like I didn't dread going to school because he was going to be there. Okay. It was more of just like, it was annoying to have to deal with that. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I see what you mean. It's just annoying to put up with. Like I, I, I like it didn't, and again, this may be based on the way that I got through the braces thing. But it might it have been. Never, it was never, the bullying was never, like, I never dreaded going to school. I never feared. I never felt uncomfortable. I was just like, ugh, like, get out. Like, like are you done? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, get out of here. <laughs> right? So, like, grade nine, it got to a point. It got to a point where I just, like, you know what? Like I'm done with this guy. I'm just gonna move schools, and yeah. then he can't, you know, he can't bother me anymore. Mm-hmm. So had a great run from grade ten to twelve. Um, like core group, like my core group of friends was rock solid. Like couldn't played hockey, played soccer in high school. Like had a solid run, and then uh, in senior year in grade 12 my victory lap actually uh my best friend killed himself wow yeah. what was that like yeah it was effing terrible yeah um, he suffered he suffered from a little bit of depression uh for the last like six months he was mm. just kind of held up in his basement couldn't really find any motivation yeah. uh, to do anything to leave the house like we we went over there to see him on spares we we invited him out uh actually the night the night before he died we invited him out to uh to go watch a Lockerbie hockey game and that and I was gonna have some people over after nice. and uh you know he to no avail he stayed home um we went to the game. We came to my house after, had some drinks, and I was woken awoken by my mom in the morning with the with the news that he had died. Wow. Excuse me. So that uh, that was super rattling. Um, like yeah. when I say best friend, I mean like was was going to be the best man at my wedding. Was going to be was going to be the godfather to our. Right. First you don't kid. use that term lightly. No, no. Like yeah. I mean, like best friend for life kind of wow. thing, right? So, um, too young. Yeah, too Please young, go. too soon. Jeez. Like, and he was, he was such a, he was such a bright, Brendan was such a bright light in this world. Um, just an all around, all around terrible, mm-hmm. terrible thing. So, so that kind of, that really rocked me. And that kind of, that kind of threw me into a little bit of a, a little bit of a tailspin. Um, not that I would admit it at the time because I didn't, I didn't want to admit that that was having such an impact on my life. Right. It's tough. tough but to looking that. back at it, looking back at it, it did, it did rock me. It kind of, it kind of, I, it kind of like, if I really look back at it and really reflect on it, it really did kind of like kill a little bit of an innocence in me. Like I went from like this really, really goody, really goody two shoes kind of vibe to, I spent like a solid, like three or four months, like really not, really not giving a Wow. Out of, right. So, yeah, but, but, 
got got um was still like a good kid but just had like a little bit of a loss like a little yeah. a little bit of a I don't even know how what you would say right but rightfully so I mean I haven't experienced a death close to me like that and I can't even imagine what you must have gone through let alone what his parents and other friends of his must have gone through that's inc- like an incredibly and, awful thing and being and being his best friend yeah i was kind of at the you know i was at the nucleus of this thing so not yeah. only was i not only was i managing my feelings and emotions but there was his families there was all of yeah. all of his friends and all of our friends and like i like oh, so so that like the whole the whole thing was just this crazy Jeez. crazy like wow. the final that it was in february so that whole last half of the year slash summer leading into university was just like was just crazy mm-hmm. but it also it also i've never actually really thought about this exact point but it also kind of gave me it was the first time that i kind of really went all in on the like there's there's only one life here yeah life is fragile life is fragile so like i just probably the that's probably the biggest thing that changed about me is that i stopped worrying about the minutia that is where that is where that work that that yeah. makes sense because because yeah. when i tell you i was a neurotic <laughs> when i tell you i was a neurotic little kid like in grade four and five i would sometimes forget my home my schoolwork the night then like schoolwork at home the work that had to be done for the next day and I would be so stressed about not having it done that I would like wake up at like 5.30 in the morning and go to school and go into school with just the janitor so I could do that work so it would be ready. And like that whole night before, it would just like eat my so soul. So stressful, yeah. Right? Like just, I remember being at Sick Kids Appointments in Toronto with my dad Uh and just us out for dinner and just being so stressed that I didn't bring the work that I needed to do. Right. And then after Brendan died, it was just kind of like, just like, you know what? Everything like life's too short to worry about that. Mm. Everything kind of became, everything kind of became less, kind of smaller scale. Right. Right. Yeah, that's a that's a lot to process at that age, by far. And then, and then, fast forward to 2017, yeah. and we went through the whole we went through the whole everything where he was born um, severe heart disease and open heart surgery, and watching him, um, watching him like battle for his life and like all of like watching Leslie and Zoe and everyone and everyone kind of go through that. So um, when it comes to, when it comes to the hard knocks, when -hmm. it comes to the hard knocks, my life has generally been 
very privileged. I've been yeah. very fortunate to, to live a privileged life, but there's been a series of wildly major events that have, that could have knocked me right down and knocked me out. Yeah. But, but it's important that it doesn't. And I honestly, I, I honestly, and grateful for these challenges because it really has kind of like forged me into this like relentless driven individual that really can't be defeated because honestly what between between overcoming a severe physical disease yeah at a young age the suicide, the suicide of my best friend yeah and and three open heart surgeries and a, and a severe heart disease of our of our like newborn Child, yeah. toddler son. Like, yeah. what else is gonna happen? What else is gonna happen to me? Yeah, that that is that whole that pale that can hold a candle to that. Yeah, nothing really. I'm invincible, bro. I'm invincible. I love it. So what were you, what would you kind of tell yourself when you be in those, like in the trenches going through, whether it be the worst part of the Everett experience or the worst part of uh, like rock bottom in those examples you gave, what would you tell yourself to dig out of the hole? So the way, the way I did it and the way I, the way I did it, and for the first two examples, it was kind of like I didn't really do a lot of thinking on it or reflecting on it. Right. But as I reflect on my experience with Everett, the way that I, the way that I managed my emotions and was, was literally to just have, was literally to have blind faith. I had a blind faith and a blind optimism that everything was going to be all right in the end. And that's how, that's how I kept myself kind of guided with that North star is like, everything is going to be great. So all you have to do is just manage the day to day on things that are like new, new, new advancements that we're getting new information, right. uh, like his progress. All we have to do is manage that because he is going to be fine. Right. And that doesn't, that, that I'm very aware that there are flaws with that mm -hmm. because the problem with that is that my entire emotional structure is built on a foundation that it's going to be all right. So when, when I get bad news and that, and that, and that's that foundation there's a block pulled out of that foundation yeah. i'm rocked right <laughs> because because something that i've built my entire my entire emotional ecosystem around has changed yeah so so i'm more of an emotional roller coaster in the sense that i ride high is high but mm. my lows are are like crashed right right whereas leslie like I couldn't have survived this without Leslie, right? My wife, absolutely. Because Leslie is much more, much more tempered emotionally, where her expectations, 
her expectations are managed in a way that she doesn't ride the highs too high, but she doesn't she doesn't hit the lows either. So she's more like this. Ah, okay. Right. So she's not she's not getting super excited when there's when there's progress. She's happy, but she's like, okay, she's like good. Yeah. Right. This. Yeah. Good. Right. Okay. Yeah. Then when something bad happens, she's like here, whereas I'm like here and here. Yeah. Which is great when it comes to balance in a relationship because when I'm here, when I'm here and she's here, I'm able to pull her up. And then when I'm here and she's here, she's she's here yeah. to pull me up, right? And right. You level levels you out. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas if we were both the same person, <laughs> these highs are crazy, but these like the lows are gone. Like we're yeah. just we're like off we're like off off orbit right i'm sure with what you're telling me about her i'm sure the way being that way probably helps a lot in those situations especially you being someone so energetic about things i can see you getting really happy and then getting like really sad about when there's bad news versus when there's good news and i think that helps for sure to have somebody who's able to balance it out be not the opposite emotion of you but more level-headed let's say yeah because dude I actually said this really articulately the other day for the first time. And I was like, I, I, I talked about, I forget who I was talking with, but we were talking about Leslie and my, and my relationship. Nice. And, and I, and I likened it to like a gravitational force, right? Okay, keeping, cool. keeping me in orbit because mm-hmm similarly to these crazy highs and lows are like with my enthusiasm can sometimes get a little bit too much so much so that I kind of like really go a little too far in one direction or another and without Leslie being there without Leslie being there to be that kind of like tempered balanced kind of high vision kind of person like I'd go, I'd go off orbit all over the place. I, you know, she's, she's kind of like a magnifying glass that takes a whole bunch of energy and kind Mm -hmm. of focuses it on, on to, you know, certain things. Nice. And now I think there was something that my, uh, a few years ago, I did a service trip, volunteer service trip in uh, South America. And the last time I saw the trip, my trip leader was, when we were leaving the airport back in Ottawa, I'll go our separate ways after the like two weeks we all spent together in the rainforest. And she said this to me and she said, Glenn, just remember you can, you can never control what happens to you, but you can control how you react to what happens to you. And I think with the way you've reflected on your most recent like downfall, like the whole Everett situation at the beginning of his life, I think the way you dealt with it seems to be the embodiment of that where it's just every, day by day, just taking in the information and going with that. Well, yeah. And that's, and that's, that's like, I think at the core of, at the core of what a difficult decision is. I mean, at the very, I like every single difficult decision or un, or difficult circumstance or unfortunate situation presents a choice it presents a choice right and and you have and as as humans we have the choice to either 
take that unfortunate situation and use it as an excuse to to kind of you know shut down and self-pity and kind of crumble right Mm -hmm. or we can use this we can use that uh, we can use the difficult situation (laughs) as an opportunity to to you know look at yourself and really push through it and learn about yourself and and grow as a human and and actually come out better and come out better on the other side the it's the 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 fact of the matter is is that that shitty situation is happening regardless of how you feel about it right like absolutely like Everett has a Everett has a heart disease. It doesn't it like I hate it. I don't want it to happen. I right. want to pull my head out of my chest and give it to him. But none of that matters. Yeah. It's it's happening. So yeah. am I gonna become a shell of a human and get destroyed and just and just go inside yeah. and just you know mm-hmm. like it's already bad enough that this is going on. The last thing I want to do is like lose myself in the process. Right. 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 That wouldn't be healthy for him either. Nobody else. Benefit right that, yeah. that was that was the first like the first couple of weeks the first couple of weeks i was falling victim to that i was falling victim to that and then leslie found pursuit and i started like i started going there and i started like really i was able to just for two hours a day just just like straight up blinders on mm-hmm. and go into a space that i was not only comfortable in but i i excelled that i was nice. the master of my universe for 2 hours a day nice. and i was able to re, i was able to keep myself calibrated to be the dad that everett needed and the husband that leslie needed mm-hmm. because if i'm a puddle i'm no good to anybody anybody and yeah. and, and leslie needed and Leslie needed me to be strong and Everett, oh, right. Yeah. As much as he wasn't even aware, right. He, he like, he was mm. highly, heavily sedated and he was in a whole different universe. Yeah. <laughs> but I couldn't do anything about that. The only thing that I could do is just put him in an emotional space where he was best equipped to fight this fight. And I needed to be the best version of myself and able to provide that environment for Everett and for Leslie. So, and then, and then what came out of that is like, I got, I got fit, right. Which, which put me in a better mood. So it's now this self-fulfilling prophecy. I got, I got into heavily got into a sport that has created dozens of new friendships and like, uh, it has awoken me to like a new passion that I'm very fired up about. Like, so I'm actually, if you look at it, if you take the tail of the tape and you go 2017 Chris and Chris now pre and post Everett, yeah. I'm probably a better person right now than I was. Two years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that could have went completely opposite way. I could have been destroyed. Right. Yeah. But like, then there's two casualties and then Leslie's wrecked. And then Zoe's wrecked and yeah. my friendships, right? The, the, the trail of devastation that's left in my wake is, is countless if I go the opposite way. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was really a conscious choice. And, and if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for the leg perthes and if it wasn't for the Brendan suicide, yeah. because of the privileged nature of my life, I may not have been emotionally equipped to handle that right. hadn't I gone through those those 
tumultuous right. experience early with your on. parents. Yeah. With your parents helping you making it clear that you need to be the one doing it yourself. And then right. that giving you the strength to deal with the bullies when that could honestly have impacted somebody else a lot worse. Whereas you were like, yeah, it's just really annoying and I wish it would stop, but you know, whatever. It's like it rains all the time. You're know, like, what's going on? But yeah. And then that gives you the strength to deal with your, uh, the death of your best friend. And then, mm -hmm. Oh, now think about this. Okay. Right. It's such a granular concept, but if my parents would have carried me up the stairs every single time, mm -hmm. That was like, that was like the foundation of this. hundred percent. Right. Definitely. And that was a tough thing for you to go through. I imagine. I don't even really, I was so young. I don't even really Very remember nice. that. Oh, nice. Because, because at the point that I am, was at an age that I can remember it, I was already flying around. Like I had already yeah. like forgotten that I was wearing these things mm -hmm. and was just cruising. Like the first recollection I have, I think is in like SK yeah. and I'm like, I have these leg braces. There was a pair, a set of monkey bars in my SK classroom. And I'm like, I'm like legs out, legs out in a V right in these braces and I'm mm -hmm. like cruising along these monkey bars. Think about it, dude. My upper body strength was wild because, because when I was in these yeah. braces and these, and these, and these, um, casts, the most efficient way to move as fast as possible was to legit run like a gorilla, like, like yeah. hands in front of me, hands mm -hmm. in front of me, like leaping and kind of like literally running like the, like a gorilla Jeez. would the gorilla would run right so yeah. my upper body strength got out of control incredible yeah ah right so like it, it all i it all plays like i all boils down to all boils down and it ties itself in a nice little bow is that hmm. not only not only like not only can these difficult situations be used as an as an opportunity to look inside yourself and really and really push through but what that pushing through does is it tells you that you have the ability to defeat whatever comes against you and and for me it was for me it was it was uh leg disease bullying and and medical issues with my son mm -hmm. but every single person has different stuff in their life and different right. experiences and thinks about things a certain way Right. and reacts to things a certain way and has a subjective a subjective way of looking at the world and that everybody has their thing mm -hmm. that they have to go through and this and the magnitude of one person's experiences doesn't downplay another person's experiences that right. are on the same level because they're, yeah, they're both going through it right so, let's dive into this a bit yeah so it just, it's a general sense of if you're going through something terrible, if you defeat that thing, then you're stronger the next time. And right. then you're stronger the next time and you're stronger the next time until the point where you're literally impenetrable because you've gone, because you've gone through it and you, you, you gain this, this ability to look at things in a certain way that, that allow you to better cope and manage right. these difficult processes as they as they come 100 percent. now how important is it to reflect on these moments that occur so i am admittedly terrible at self-reflection yeah 
um, like actually really bad. I spend, I spend approximately zero time looking back. Right. And I'm not saying that's the way that you should do it, but that's just the way that, that's just the way that I feel most comfortable and emotionally able to handle things is if I spend all of my time focusing on moving forward, that, that feels productive to me and okay. that's where right. I find my comfort zone, right? Like kind of comfort nice. in the chaos, yes. comfort in the chaos type stuff. Um, that's not just like, yeah. So that's just, me. that's just me. I think right. that there is a lot of value and, and, but I do, I, I'm not tone deaf to what has happened. I have an unconscious understanding of experiences, mm -hmm. which I use to build this kind of arsenal of emotional weaponry. Yep. Right. Right. But, but actually consciously, consciously self-reflecting and, and i i use like i use conversations like this uh, to do like a lot of my self-reflection comes through conversation mm -hmm. like this and with other people because it forces me to self-reflect because right. i'm communicating with someone on a subject so mm -hmm. i've actually i've actually thought of things and actually reflected on points in this conversation that you and I have had right now wow. that I haven't thought of before. Right. You just talk it out when the moment this comes up. This is a crazy thought. Which yeah. Is a crazy thought, yeah. Right. But, but, but the value of self-reflection is huge. I mean, like the, like for obvious reasons for you to, look back and see the way that you maybe communicated with someone or the way you did something and how that can be improved and lessons learned. And mm -hmm. right. So, so self-reflection is a big piece. I don't do it consciously, but I think I do it unconsciously mm -hmm. and, and kind of build and kind of like build on that kind of subconscious level. Right. Okay. If that even answers your question. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. Now, let's uh if we dive into that a bit more not so much reflection but you mentioned uh i think you mentioned your wife found a pursuit and it was along that conversation line where we were getting into where you mentioned something about going to like a comfortable place and you ended up like two hours right what is what was your outlet for that situation so that you could come back come back to earth be yourself and then deal with the present situation instead of getting outside your head. Do you remember? Yeah, I remember it deeply. It's, it's forever ingrained in the fabric of my existence. And nice. one of the reasons why I am, why I was able to get through that whole situation. So the, the facility was called pursuit OCR. Right. And it's this like, it's this like, fantasy land obstacle course facility like you go in there there's black lights there's fluorescent colors there's there's art all over the place it's like a creatives it's a mm. creatives wonderland right and it's cool. this obstacle course yeah. facility so not as much ninja warrior obstacles like you would see on the show yeah. but more like it was all built out of wood and this massive thing and rope nets cool. and climbing walls and tires and ball pits. And yeah. like, so, so this place 
it was like a it was like a wonderland it was like a it was like it was you it's you stepped into it and you stepped in you physically stepped into a different world so that's kind of maybe one of these things that really helped in this in this therapeutic manner was that not only was I going into a place where I was the master of this domain, but I was literally stepping into a different universe. You go in there, it's black light, colors, art, this like crazy stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And there was also this other, this like fitness corner where I did a little circuit. So I would go in there, enter this twilight zone, literally think of nothing else except for how fast I can do the course, how many push-ups I can rep out, how many, how close I can get to the wall and Mm -hmm. still make it up to the top. And like, that was it. Like nothing else existed in the world except for this facility. And what that did was it was, it was, it satiated a part of my soul that kind of allowed the batteries to recharge. I'd go there on empty. I'd go there on empty. I'd leave with full. I'd skateboard there. So I, I warmed up on the way there. I spent two hours there. I skateboarded home on full. And then by the time I got back to that hospital, I took a shower and I was like a completely different human than when I left. Nice. That's a sweet outlet. Yeah. It's like, it was the outlet. Honestly, honestly, I want to give a shout out will if you see this you know how you know how much chris stoop means to me and i want to thank you again from the bottom of my heart for everything that you and the whole pursuit family has done for me and my family so much so glenn that i i uh, i did an interview like kind of like this they're putting together kind of a little project about like the people that pursuit has impacted and and things of that nature and so him and i chopped it up for like an hour hour and a half a couple weeks ago um and he told me he's like yo dude like because i told him i was like hey man i told him about evie's potential evie's like upcoming fourth surgery and i was like and he's like yo dude i know we're closed but uh you know when you're down here, hit me up and yeah. you know, I'll let you in for right. like for some for some time, right? And yeah. we'll just make sure like everything's make cleaned exception. up and stuff after you leave. Yeah. So like that right there, that wow. like how much that means to me for him to know, for him to appreciate <laughs> and for him to be like, yo, dude, like anytime you're in town, regardless of what's going on, like like you're like pursuits pursuits got your back man i love that that says a lot uh also to who you are to them as well like that says a lot about your character and how they see you like they wouldn't just let some average member come in you know like there's got to be something exceptional that they see or that they gravitate towards for them to put themselves out like that to do that for you so that's incredible man wow no we're freezing yeah incredible Pause. Can we take a time out? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm empty. All right, yeah, I'll pause or Zoom recording. Awesome. TV time out over. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sweet. So you got your wine all filled up and we're ready to get back to it. So 
with that then that's perfect time to segue so get be real with me yeah always be real with me okay do you do you mind that i'm that i'm drinking a glass drinking wine during this doesn't matter to me because i've seen i've seen some like hardcore people like take offense to someone like drinking a coffee or something doesn't matter to me we can get into this but uh with that i uh what i do i was talking to my friend about it today i was like what i do have an issue with is um my like the goal is being it's almost like an educational like advice like tips tools like i like like building up people right and providing that almost like instilling enough like leadership, like giving you the tools to go find the skills you need to be the best version of yourself. Right. And that's the goal of what the show is. If you're sitting smoking weed on my show, like (laughs) talking about it, about some like girl you hooked up with two weeks ago, that's not really what I want on like people to hear. Nobody cares. I don't care. Talk to me about it another time off like the stream it's not something that i think is productive or right. really good wait like it, those type of questions even then it's like those that's not really a topic you'd probably feel comfortable discussing nor me and it's kind of one right. of those things that it's like who cares like it's it's right. it's silly yeah. it's silly right yeah. so it's a it's a level it of doesn't professionalism. Support, it doesn't support the it doesn't support the mission of the that's of the it. program and uh, exactly. And I have like a big list, like my mission values, the goals, what does and doesn't affiliate. So if somebody gives me an opportunity or wants to come on and I go, man, like you could bring a lot of attention to this, but your brand is this and I don't really affiliate with that, then it's kind of my hands are tied. So whereas when you're in here dropping truth bombs that are going to be like super helpful to like a ton of people having a glass of wine casually while it's happening is a little bit of a different little bit of a different scenario right and it's clear to me because we talked earlier like this week and before you even started really drinking you're not drunk you're not really slurring your words i don't really like you're still speaking normally as you were a few days ago so it doesn't it's like okay (laughs) it's like it's the same so it's not really the biggest deal to me so yeah it's casual right like that's what it is that's what it's supposed to be and that's exactly i was i was just about to say that i was just about to say that this is like this is like if like this conversation would be the same if I was at your place and yeah. we were just like chopping it up in your living same room. Thing. That's basically yeah. what we're, that's like what we're doing here. Right. That's what I try to emulate with not just you, but the 30 some other people and the other people that will come on the show. Like it's, man, we're just trying to have a conversation and I just want to learn. And, yeah. and the, I, I'm supposed to co-pilot this conversation so that somebody watching and listening anywhere on whatever platforms are able to pick out things that could benefit them. It's not a, like, it's not a game. It's not about, it's, we're having a conversation. I just kind of guide it to a point where people are able to get things out. Like, yeah, so you can't just, just start talking. Right? Value on here. We're just exactly, trying to man. You understand. You understand for sure. And it's like, it, it's a journey and I'm just co-pilot. I'm just co-piloting the plane, man. That's all. So, you know, you're a great, you're a great co-pilot, man. It's man, easy. It's very thank easy. you. 
it's very easy to have a conversation with you. And one thing that you do really well is, is when I go off, when I, when I go off and I start diving deep into something, mm-hmm. you're able to, you're able to both keep that, keep that conversation happening, yeah. but not lose fact, not lose track right. of a, of a point that was being discussed before that nice. you can kind of take this, extract that, and then get back to this right. and continue this without that being lost, which the whole, which yeah. kind of ties the whole big Tie picture it together, it, yeah. together really, and exactly. really gives people, nice, and really gives people kind of like the full story. I really yeah. like the way, uh, I really like the way you, uh, you conversate, dude, yeah. honestly. I appreciate that. That means a lot, man. Like it really does. Cheers. There's a, and I think I could attribute that to it's a self-awareness thing only with I've had an the issue of going off on tangents telling a story just making it way too long throwing way too much detail in to a point where a few people pointed out they're like we know you like to tell a story but man where's the point or like it's too long <laughs> so like this is in my younger years and I was like 17 16 18 19 20 <clears throat> even and I'm like all right I gotta start finding my point and keeping it going so being aware of that as something i have friends and mentors who are able to like be straight with me where they're like hey man you're doing this a lot it's great and i'm like give it to me straight and they're like you're doing this a lot and i think it's taking away from what you actually are trying to say i'm like all right it's a good point thank you and then uh try to be aware of it and then step one being aware right and then it's just bringing it back so it's a uh, it's and, good and it's awesome to, to you to your point about to your point about mentors and and your circle of influence i mean that it's so important and it's so great that you have people around you that will tell you straight yeah right because because being surrounded by only people that say you're the greatest thing that they've ever seen They're lying. is no good because that creates a level of delusion that will right. prevent you from kind of seeing the, the true and most effective way forward. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but you have to be able to be emotionally equipped to deal with that criticism. Right. That's tough. Right. Because, because that's hard. That's a mm-hmm. difficult thing for, ego for, sure gets for lots yeah. of people is, is for our egos to be okay with, people that don't know us but more i find more challenging the people that are the closest to us to to not like what we're doing right it takes a level it takes a level of humility and a level of a level of humility and really like kick your ego at the door to be able to take that criticism and take that criticism and apply it to make things better or take that criticism (laughs) and build it into the framework of of whatever you're doing right Mm -hmm. Some things you're not going to hear, some things you're going to hear, some things you're going to implement, some things you're not. But to be able to take what people are telling you and apply what works to move forward, mm-hmm. right, takes a level of humility and, right. and ego at the door to get that done. So, so not only do you need people around you to say that, you have to be emotionally equipped to be able to, to, be able to handle that and implement that into your, into your day-to-day right. or into the framework of whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And there's a... The guy ended my podcast I had on a couple of weeks ago. Shout out to him, Kevin Slow Jam and James. He gave kind of like the whole rundown and then said, I was like, man, is there any like last minute pieces of advice? And he's like, real, recognize real. And my point to what we're saying with that is 
if you are committed to yourself and you're just being yourself, the ego shouldn't really be there. Like we all have an ego, but that's just comes with who you are. Everybody has one, right? It's, yeah. it's what drives us to get up in the morning, drives us to get more money, drives, up to ha- drives, us, drives us to have more things, like more money, more things, more like places to go, experiences to have. And when mentors recognize that you're trying to improve yourself, it's a lot easier for them to be, hey, I got to deliver some advice to you that will really help you out. I'm pretty sure Glenn will know like how to take the advice. He'll know it's not personally me, atta- me personally attacking, right? Place. And it's like, this it's is, yeah, it's coming from a good place. It's not aggressive. It's like, they also know how to deliver it, which is key, right? Because right? if you say, hey, that sucked. It's like, well, that doesn't help anybody at all. So, but further, but further to that on the mentor side of things is that the way that, that this guy delivers, the way that mentors deliver advice is different from person to person, to person, to person. Absolutely. The way, the way we communicate is a person to person to person thing. That same advice that he's giving you may not work on someone else because, because the way that we interpret it take in observe and interpret incoming information so oh man like huh, communication is so sweet man yeah. how awesome how awesome is it man it's it's wild like there's a lot of things you could do with it putting yourself how out wild, and communicating like how wild is oh, it man. when, when you crazy. think when you think of the complexities when you think of the complexities of human communication okay mm-hmm. how like literally every single person on earth has a framework of how they intake and interpret information mm-hmm. and the biggest problem that people have and i'm guilty of this mm-hmm. sometimes is you're try- most people try to communicate in a way where they're trying to disseminate their ideas out they're trying to they're trying to communicate ideas and they're doing so in a way that they think is right and is framed in their head, mm-hmm. right? They want to get their ideas and impose them on other people, right? Right. The way, the mo- the way that you most com- effectively communicate and this ties ego in to being mm-hmm. able to sometimes put your ego in the back seat and is to, is to communicate in a way that is most is most effectively interpreted interpreted and heard by the person you're communicating with because unless that person you're communicating with understands the rationale behind what you're saying you guys aren't going to get anywhere no you're right so it's not about it's not about telling you what i think it's it's telling you what i think in a way that you're going to understand and be able to appreciate not what i'm not what i'm saying but the intent behind what i'm saying it with Mm -hmm. right and it boils down my jujitsu professor and i talk a lot about this but it always comes back to intention like what's your intention if you're doing it to be mean it's like well now clearly it's going it's not going to go anywhere productive the outcome's not going to be good so communicating it properly is huge. And to your point, I think by implementing 
every day, the form of communication you're talking about with, I think a lot of people, and here's something I've tried to develop at least as a skill as being a podcast host is not only listening ability, but how that affects and interacts with communication is a lot of people listen to respond. They don't listen to understand. So at the same time of doing that, I'm trying to not just understand what you're saying, but formulate something else that I can say to break this down deeper. Right. right. And that's where I think the exceptional conversationalists and speakers who are able to articulate and break topics down to such an intelligent and like fine detailed level, they have that ability like nailed where they're able to like, like understand and get, then go. like an interest, like an yeah. interest in what the other person has to say. Right. Exactly. Like, and that's what makes this so easy. You're, you're, you're trying to talk to someone so that you can hear what they say so that, so that what they think and what you think can be combined into this kind of intellectual intellectual pathway where you guys both kind of achieve a common goal and that goal is you know explaining a point or understanding something right like right. something that i've become something that another thing that leslie has like really really impacted my life with is my ability or my desire or my looking into someone else's perspective. Empathy. Nice. Empathy. Yes. Not like, like not taking offense to something that someone does because you think that they're doing it to slight you. Mm-hmm. Right? Because like what you to your point you said earlier, not a lot of people are always 100% caring about only what you do. A lot yeah. of the time no one cares what you do. You just think that they do. So if someone does something to slight you, it's very likely not on purpose. And right. again, with checking your ego at the door and understanding where they're at, like, don't, don't take that. Don't take that too seriously. Right. Be able to see that maybe that person's having a bad day. Right. Yeah. Being considerate. Right? Like, yeah. Like if I, b- 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 like, when I was younger, like when I was younger, if someone slighted me in the in the any way, shape, or form, I would get like so upset. I would feel like they, yeah. it would feel like I would take so much personal offense to it because I would think that they were doing that intentionally to right. offend me. Like they're getting there to get you, yeah. Right when like that's not what they're doing. Either they're having a bad day, or that's just their personality, or like what there's a million like millions of different Mm -hmm. scenarios that very few of them if any have anything to do with me actually right right Right. and there was to that there was a really cool exercise i used to do when i used to so i used to be a i used to run the leadership program out of ymca camp falcona Right back when it was open. Nice, yo! Yeah. I went to Camp Falcona. No kidding, kid. dude! Oh, this is sick. Yeah, so did I. So did my little brother. Like that was pretty sweet. Yeah, so I worked there for like, uh, oh man, I went 2011, 12, 13, 14. Uh, I think yeah, I volunteered. I was leadership camper. Volunteered, did staff, staff leadership, leadership program. 
So you, so you, what, you were a camper, 11, 12, 13? Uh, camper, uh, camper 2000 and damn, don't do this to me. Camper 2010, leadership camper 2011, 2013, I volunteered, 2014, I was staff, 2015, I was staff, 2016, I was staff, 2017, staff, and I think 2018, when it was the last year, I like was there running things. So you were there, you were there right to the end. Yeah, dude. Yo, I hosted the last campfire with my little brother. Come on. Yeah, man. That's like my favorite memory. We're just sitting like singing like songs like last campfire. And we were like doing different. We did like a 007 like style. And at the end where it's like we pretended we were like there was an invasion happening. We were trying to fight it. And like we were just fighting. We were just doing a bunch of different things all at once. And it was like it was crazy. Like it was out of control. But him and I had a lot of fun. And then for us to find out that it closed down was just sad but we also were like man we hosted the last campfire that place ever had yo that's yo that's legendary you're in the books you're in the books sir that's did you know did you know going into that year that it was your last year i always i almost so there was a year that i had it almost and i made it clear like this is my last year of working here and so being wait, on wait, payroll. No, and no, last year, last year for you personally, or last year because you knew that the camp was closing down. Oh no, I wanted it to be personally. I had no idea the camp was closing down. I had to find out from one of my leadership campers on Instagram. He like messaged me. I was, he's like, "Hey, Glenn, by the way." I was like, "Hold on a second. I immediately, I actually picked up the phone because I was out working at the YMCA in Carlingwood, like lifeguarding, and I picked up the phone. <laughs> excuse me when I found, got this like message and I like uh, called uh, Rob Grosha and uh, I called his cell. Yeah. He's the best. And I was like, uh, like he was my, like he was my boss for like years. I ca- picked up the phone. I called him. I was like, I left a message and I was like, so I'm like, Hey Rob, like if there's anything I could do to keep this alive, like, let me know, please. He's like, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And then we got into talking about it and unfortunately nothing was able to like fall through, but I mean, <clears throat> yeah. Okay, dude, dude, I want to jam on, I want to jam on Falcona a bit, because that's like one of the greatest two periods of my whole life. Oh man, I know how you feel. Okay, how, how unreal was that like three-day Olympiad, like red versus blue? Oh man, oh man, the things I've done. Red versus blue Olympiad, dude, like like, I've done four people in that week, the things I do for points, bro. Oh my God. Like I did, man, what was it? I, I ate an entire watermelon in this watermelon eating contest. I literally, they cut the top and I ate it, but it was no hand. So I'm hand. And then it got to a point where I couldn't put my face deeper. So I was biting the rhymes and spitting those out and chewing. Oh no, bro. Winning man. I was like, we did this one where like you chug a, a pitcher of milk, but it's water. Like one of the pitcher things. Right. And, uh, is it come back? Yeah, good. It's come back. And I drink the pitcher of water, run around the dining hall, drink it again, and then tag off my partner. And when they do their round and come back, first team to win, like finish wins. Like crazy, crazy. Listen to this story, okay? Dude, one time, this dude, so I forget what it's called, but after dinner, there was like this dessert, this treat that you got, right? It was like, chocolate bar like a pet bar like whatever there was a treat every kid mm-hmm. got one but 
if you got caught doing something or you were bad or something that you lost your right to that dessert that night. Oh, damn. So, so this kid, right, this kid makes up, falsifies this story about me that I <laughs> threw, that, that I threw like a water bottle in the bush. Yeah. So I got my, I got this, the well, counselor rolls up to me. He's like, Chris, you lost your, you lost your dessert for tonight. Like blah, blah, blah. Told me that you threw a water bottle in the bush. I'm like, I did no such thing. Like there is no way that I threw my water yeah. bottle in the bush. And I had to go the night without my treat, which was something that every single camper looked forward to because this dude straight up fabricated a lot because the thing is listen to this listen to this Glenn. listen to this this is not going to make you feel good this is not going to make you feel good and i don't even know why this was the system was in place but he like he got if you report littering you get that person's treat okay that's how oh, the system no. yeah so he got so I had to go through watching him eat my Mars bar, dude. Oh, it was Tuck. It was Tuck, wasn't it? Tuck. Yes. Tuck. Damn. That's what it was called. That's exactly what it was called. Tuck. You said dessert and it threw me off. And then I was like, you're the Mars bar. I was like, oh, it's I had to watch him eat my Tuck. Oh, that would drive me insane. Kayla, do you remember his name? Okay, well, whoever you are, if you're listening or watching this. Whoever you are. But whoever you are, even if I did remember your name, I wouldn't say it. Come to get but you. you. Know who you are if you're watching this. Imagine if that dude. Shame. Imagine if that dude just like somehow saw this and was like, "Yo, man, I gotta hit up Chris and apologize for that." He buys you a Mar. You all of a sudden you receive a Mars bar on your front door. Just be like, "Sorry, bro. <laughs> Sorry about your tuck, bro." Yeah. <laughs> no hard feelings question mark like oh that'd be too funny yeah man yo we can do i was thinking i was like we can do a whole episode on just like camp stories i could like man i could i have uh, millions like years right like uh, it's years of being staffed uh, like full summers full like summers the swimming the swimming test that you had to take oh, to every go out to that like to time. go to that like diving yeah, floating dock pathway. yeah the canoe, the canoe, like getting your canoe badge and the ability yeah. to like go out and rip the canoes, like ah, oh, the archery. Dude, archery is so much fun. Like, what was it? Uh, man, I have a. He's at that like, place, man. Yeah, I'd have to do like a whole separate like episode with you about all this if we want to get into. It. I got like that, people that. who can do it, everything. Like, oh man, I still have like <laughs> one of my best friends I met there. Still, he's uh he's in Australia now. Shout out to him, Reese. But uh, yeah, he's I uh, met him there. We were co-counselors during Survivor Week, like we we're like whole nine, yeah, ride or die, bro. So, yo, that's cool. That's cool. There's also the YMCA connection yeah. between us. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking. I was like, I guarantee he knows about yo, the camps. Was, like, there's no uh, way. Was Dave, was Dave Ethelston the director? of falcona when you were there when i was a camper in 2010 i think yeah 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 but his uh pull up his uh his uh what's it called his um his wife is aaron right yeah yeah she babysat me and my brother (laughs) 
So like, like it was weird, dude. Like they came, listen, they came, and I was like, oh yeah, I know you. She's like, hey, Glenn, and I was like, I know you. And then she's like, oh, how do you? And it was like a weird, like little, like person menage thing. I was like, listen, I was like, what's going on? I was like, yeah, we all mingled. Sister, Aaron's sister, Caitlin, was my wife's maid of honor. Wow. They live. They lived together all four years of uh, of university. Oh, that's wild. That's pretty cool, though. Wow. Bro, there are like there are oh, man. so many different up. ties here. That's pretty cool. That's really cool, actually. Wow. So with that, then um, we'll we'll do a whole nother, We'll just we can honestly do one day. Just have a conversation, sit down, have a couple glasses of wine, and talk camp stories all day. I do it with everybody. Yeah. I'll do it with you. That's it's a lot of fun man oh my god every day i'm like man remember that time we almost set a forest <laughs> fire it's like yeah probably shouldn't be saying that but yeah like man all the oh so many but and my buddy it what's fun is i'll listen to my buddies tell stories like about me in the camp world from their perspective and those are even more fun for me i'm like man that would be no way yeah and it's like man i don't remember that and you remember it so vividly man <laughs> It gets me nervous. It's like, what else is out there? But yeah. <laughs> and so with that, being a children's camp, we'll segue into it. Tell us about your book. Uh, my very excellent mother just served us nine pizzas, correct? Is the you title? Got, yeah, you got it. Yeah, it, uh, so it's an, educational, it's an educational journey through the solar system, planet by planet. And uh, it's basically a fun hip hop based kind of way to teach kids about the order of the planets and something about each planet along the way. So mm -hmm. the way, the way that this project started, uh, actually a pretty, pretty cool little Genesis story to this. Uh, it's, it's a fun little story is that, uh, my friend Corey Gibo and I, uh, we wanted to get this educational musical YouTube channel for kids off the ground uh, to kind of uh, kind of like if Magic School Bus and School of Rock had a baby. Oh, right? cool. Instead of a classroom, it was a band and the band went on this map, this tour and each tour stop was a different, different subject matter in a different genre of music. Nice. So we chopped it up for like three or four weeks we had like a concept laid out. We were starting to discuss characters, um, but our schedules just couldn't make it work. And the project died. That being mm -hmm. said, I had written the first track already. I had written the first hip hop track, which was going to be about bass. So, so I had these lyrics to the song and Leslie and I have read like hundreds of books to our kids mm -hmm. and we've always told each other and my friends have and I have joked together that you know we can write a kids book we should write a kids book mm -hmm. so on and so forth so I was armed with that kind of mentality and I had the lyrics to the song so I was like you know what let's just turn this into a book right we have mm -hmm. a fun little rap song let's turn this rap song let's put it on let's put it on wax and let's drop a book so I hit up a freelancer uh, off Fiverr uh, who did my illustrations. I, I myself took his like raw 11 by 11 illustrations. First of all, that process was super seamless. Nice. Um, 
it had uh, it had a lot. I had final cut on all the illustrations. I had unlimited revisions. We went back and forth, and I approved the pages as they were created. So that process was seamless. I got it edited and laid out uh, locally with a girl named Sherry Levine. Nice. Uh, surreal graphics. Someone that I would never do a book with out ever. Any book I ever do moving forward and forever will have her involved because nice. the value that she brought to the project was absolutely unmeasurable. She wow. took, nice. like, I took these illustrations, I put the words over them, mm -hmm. and she took it and like formatted it and paginated it into like wow. an actual book. That's I had illustrations and words. She turned it into what she turned it into what you see here, what you see here, yeah. right? She did, she did, um, she did the legal page. She did, she put together the dedication page. She did some Photoshop work on all the pages to make sure the bleeds and stuff were right. She was, she moved some stuff around for me. She did the, uh, she, she gave me suggestions and edits on actual, like the editing of the verbiage. She put together the, about the author page. She wrote, she wrote the back cover. Wow. Uh, and then she produced all the all the high quality images and nice. and was the liaison with the with the printer with copy copy also nice. local yeah um, sure, to great. actually bring it to fruition. Nice. So that process was that process was crazy, and one hundred percent self published. I nice. did a pre sale round to fund the first print. Nice, which was cool um forever in my heart there are 170 pre-sale books and forever from the ball of my heart i will always 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 have the deepest level of gratitude for those 170 people because well not 170 people because several of them a lot of them ordered multiple books yeah. but those people were the basis of those people were the kind of ground level groundswell for this whole thing because nice. without them I wouldn't have had the money for that first print. So I, I literally used the money from the presale. I had people I was doing, I did uh, pure country. I mm -hmm. did yeah. uh, an art. There was an article in the Subway star. Uh, I did an article with CTV news and there were people because of that, there were people, strangers that didn't know me from the hole in the ground except for what they saw in that publication. Right that were literally hitting me up, sending me money, e-transferring me money, oh. right? Yeah. And I would, I would take that, take their order, database it, and then once the books came, fulfill them. Nice. And that was crazy to me that, and that was a little bit of a tap on the shoulder and be like, you know what, Chris, you're doing something right because just having a book for sale wouldn't justify that level of trust. Like you have to be putting out some pretty seriously good vibes for, for an absolute stranger to be like, here's 50 bucks. Yeah. It goes back to what I was saying earlier, where it's like, why uh, they, buddy opened up the uh, gym for you whenever you're downtown or down in the area. It attributes to who you are, right? Your character alone. Like that's what sells the book. They're buying into the brand that is you. And then they get to enjoy this piece that you've created. 
And you know what I did for each and every customer? Each and every customer, not only the first 170, but every single one, I am building an element of surprise and delight into the entire brand of what this book, not only this book, but the entire Rose Heart brand is. Mm. That's why you have every single book has, look at that, look at that yeah. page. That's wild. Look at that page, right? So, so in the first, in the first print, the first 500 copies, this page was blank and I wrote all of this wow. handwritten, but that took a minute a page. When I got to the most efficient way, when I got to the most efficient, fastest way of doing it, took a minute and two seconds. Okay. Times 500 books. That's over, that's a shade over, that's a shade over eight hours yeah. that I spent handwriting in these books but that but that to me was worth it because absolutely i want to show that level of gratitude and appreciation you're 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 giving me money for this book i want you to enjoy not only this book but i want to give you something a little bit more i want to give you a little bit piece a little piece of me Hmm. i like that but on an efficiency side of things right on an ops level there were some efficiencies. So what I did with the second print, so basically what it is, is that I put the, I, on the first iteration, I would write the name of who the personalization is out to. Outer space is the limit. And then I had this saying, peace and love, my signature, my Instagram handle, and this cool little peace sign. Nice. Again, a minute and two seconds. So what I, for the second print, what I did is I wrote it out, I scanned it and it got included as part of the print, but only the long, the long saying at the bottom, peace and love my handle and the peace sign. So life is full of surprises. When you find one, remain calm and careful and listen carefully to the lesson it is trying to teach you. Peace and love cities world 705 with the peace sign. I still on every single book with my own hands, personalize it, who it's out to, outer space is the limit with my signature. So nice. there's still there's still the personal touch. I'm just not spending because one minute and two seconds per book at a thousand books is over 16 hours. Yeah. Is over 16 hours. It gets to be a lot for sure. Even that saying, even that saying, Life is full of surprises. When you find one, remain calm and listen carefully to the lesson it is trying to teach you. That mm. goes, that speaks to the thesis of this entire conversation, right? Mm. Absolutely. Calm water makes for shitty sailors, right? Right. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. That could be on a t-shirt. Yo, yo shout out to my friend, Jeff McGarry, because he's the one who said that to me. Yeah. Well, shout out, Jeff. That's sick. I like that a lot. Or as Gary V would say, right? Being a wartime general. I mean, being a peacetime general is easy. That's what what this is all about. And that's what I wanted to give to each and every person that opens this book. Before you read the book, you're taught something. There's something to think about. Mm -hmm. Not only for the kids, but for the parents. Like there's like, that's a real, that's the real thing that, that a lot of people should think about. Absolutely. That's awesome, man. So now question, what does, uh, what inspired you to donate 10% of book sales to sick kids? 
first of all, phenomenal idea. Like I commend you for that. Wow. So, so inspired that. Um, so obviously yeah. Everett would not be alive if it wasn't for sick kids. Absolutely. And not with anything ever in my life that I can possibly fathom doing will ever be able to repay what they have done for me. So I am forever in the debt of sick kids. So giving back, giving back to sick kids for what they have done has, has become to me not something that I should do, mm-hmm. but like a duty that I have to fulfill mm-hmm. I like that. just to simply try and even this, even the tables a little bit because nice. like I'm a big fan. I'm a big believer in karmic balance yes. and balance in the universe. And I, I do not like, I, I am uncomfortable with the current level of what the universe has given me. So this is, yeah. this is a little bit of a way to kind of balance the tables a little right. bit. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. So, so now with that, then, um, how could I go about getting my hands on one? I have some nephews, I have some nieces, plus I really enjoy what you're doing. I support, I love to support not only people who give me their like what hour hour and a half of your time like to come on my show but like i have uh buddy's hat from his apparel company and then another buddy like mug it's like i want to support what you're doing the creative process as you've shown support for mine as being on my show by being on my show so yeah man 100 percent. like i got a few nephews that i think would enjoy a copy so uh yeah how could i get my hands on one asap so, so, so you'll, you, you'll get the VIP experience and you and I, I'll, 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 I'll message you after this awesome. and I'll just, yeah, get your, I'll just get your info Sweet. Um, for everybody else. That's for everybody else. That's watching for everybody else. That's watching um, <laughs> roseheartbooks.ca. My, one of my best friends in the entire world, shout out to Curtis Voisin. Um, he, he built this website, um, from the ground up, um, couldn't have done it without him. He kind of put it all together. So roseheartbooks.ca and, uh, it tells, it tells our story. It tells about, you know, the genesis of the project and right on that first landing page, there's a buy now, a buy now prompt for, uh, and it's a very simple (laughs) Shopify style checkout. Um, very simple, straightforward. It's free delivery. Um, nice. the, the system will, the system will recognize your postal code. And if it's, if it's within the greater Sudbury area, yeah. uh, it's free shipping because that shipping is a personal hand delivery by yours. Truly Jeez. another, that's another the best part surprise, about it. Yeah. Another surprise and delight. You know how many people I knock on the door and are just like blown away that I'm, that that's I'm, you standing there with their book honestly that's why just that makes it worth it i delivered two books to the valley today and they were both like stunned wow nice yeah wow that's incredible yeah Uh, yeah so So, first of all uh, ca will be in the description of on apple podcast spotify stitcher google pocket and the youtube uh description as well you'll be able to see it pretty easily yeah dude easy it's like the least i could do you know so Absolutely. Yeah. Not even to worry. 
So yeah, that'll be available below. And uh, yeah, hopefully uh, that helps you out a bit too. So that would be so rad. Yeah, so yeah, it's sweet. Yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to the next time we get to chat too. Um, I think we could do some camp story ones. We can do like talk about mentorship. Um, I'm trying to like gather topics. I'm like writing down a few things that I'd want to touch base on later. And I'm like, man, this is going to be good. So, Yo, you yeah. know, you know that the conversation has been super enjoyable and good when you're sad that it's ending. Yeah. It's like, man, it's getting like, late. I, like, I, sense, I sense an end to this and I'm like, I'm like, oh man, yeah. I kind of want to keep jamming. Yeah. Like there's a few things I want to keep talking about too. And I feel the one thing I feel is I feel if we go as long as we could, whereas if we cut it and then I can always edit this out, right? Like, and we cut it, I can, if I have you on again in two weeks, um, then it's similar amount of time, maybe shorter, maybe a bit longer. And you're able to not only rehash some stuff with me, but now people know maybe a bit more who you are if they didn't already know. And then we're able to make something more out of that. And we could build on that. Like I like when people come back for a second episode and then it's like, wow, this guy, well, he was really good. He was really energetic. They're really good conversation. Can't wait to hear about what they talk about next. And then it's something we didn't even touch on. It's like same energy, different topic. Right. So I think that would exactly. be, be really and cool. you get the benefit of a feedback loop, maybe somewhere exactly. in a comment somewhere, there's going to be an idea that we can bring into it. Absolutely. I think that would be really cool. Like I'll try to wait. I'll try to find a way to promote that so that people are more in more likely to engage in the show. And cause I, I get engagement here and there, but a lot of it, like about 80% probably comes to me personally. Like people are like, Hey man, I like this. Or you did that. And I'm like, I appreciate the compliments, but like, give me some more. Like, give me a bit more. Yeah. Like uh, Mitch Gagnon gives like solid feedback when he gives me feedback on the show. Like he's been like a big, like, man, like try this or like get about that. So that's why like, I'm like, man, if we, we can cut it up and splice it. So yeah. Yeah. He, uh, He's a good person when it means when it comes to uh, tough love. Let's just say. Let's Back just, to our point, a yeah. very very important player in the in the fabric 100%. of who we are, the people that are are gonna keep it real with us. Yeah, exactly. Super nice dude, means well, but shoot straight, shoot straight as an arrow. So, yeah, and that's uh, pretty much. Yeah, that's pretty much where I see. Uh, the conversation going and get that engagement going and hopefully uh in like within the next month or so i could have you back on if you're interested of course and then we're gonna a thousand dude hatch. a thousand a thousand percent i have Sweet. i have enjoyed i have enjoyed this conversation so thoroughly nice I that, appreciate that i yeah if you if you called me if you were like yo we should do this again tomorrow i would do it so if you want to, if you want to jam again, if you want to jam in a couple of weeks, yo, dude, yeah. count me in. And um, one thing I, we should talk about more when we get you on, hopefully like the project is like stemmed a bit further and it's uh, going, but your second book as well that I, you're writing with somebody in, if I'm correct, it's the U S and is it Australia? UK. 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 Ah. So- uh, yeah, yeah. So, I, so I knew it was I overseas. I just, damn it. 
we'll give we'll give we'll give a little bit of a taste okay but we'll talk about this more this is a really cool thing to talk about on the next one yeah definitely because because oh man i wish we could talk about it more now because this uh the video premiere of the video that is being adapted into this book is on june 4th okay but uh we'll try to get you on before the oh no june 4th yeah okay i love i love yeah june 4th is like next week so like get you on my instagram live if you really want to uh you know what but that's up to you it'll be cool when we it'll be cool when we do chop it up i'll be able to add that texture into the conversation instead of it being more promotional which would kind of okay. cheapen the whole thing yes good point so i could say like we're we're adapting this book this video has premiered it premiered to this many people and because dude i'm like uh so maybe you might be able to give me some insight into this because i'm basically the project manager for this book but I don't like the term project manager because it seems a little bit too generic. I'm trying yeah. to look for something a little bit more like literary specific, like more mm-hmm. literature specific, yeah. but it's a person. So the author, the editor and the illustrator report to me directly. And then I report that directly to the creator of the, of the, of the film. Mm-hmm. So like I want, I'm, I'm toying with the idea of like creative director I like that. I like that one. Uh, something with creative, I think, is good. Uh, manager, not because not really. Uh, right, um, project. I I was a project manager in construction, so I kind of want to like get away from that a little bit. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think added like having creative director, or creative producer, or creative executive. You, creative executive could be one. Because like, director sounds too fluffy. Uh, that's why I was thinking executive because it makes it sound like that's exactly what I am. I'm directing. Like, I'm not yeah. as much as an executive. I am a director. Like I am, I I'm, I'm editing the author. I'm, I'm, I'm controlling what the editor, not controlling what the editor is doing, but I'm taking what the editor's feedback is. And I'm, I'm interpreting that and disseminating that through to the author. I am directing the illustrator Right. So I really am a creative, I really am like a creative director, the yeah. creative director of this whole thing. Like almost like. I like that. That, that works. I think that's what I'm going to go Yeah. With. You seem pretty like good with it and like it, it works, like it works with, and it's very different from project manager versus creative director. Like it's very it sounds, different. It sounds cool. It sounds It does. Cool. It definitely does. You have the word yeah, creative, like it's, you're cool. directing it. Yeah. There man. you go. Finalize. You were a part of that. When you see, when you see somewhere big time, like when this thing becomes huge and it's like creative director Chris Kajabi, you can look at that creative director and be like, "I was, I was a part of that finalization of that decision." Part of the big big game time decision. So, yeah, absolutely, man. That's sick. That's sick. That's good. That's a great thing. That's the great thing. Yo, dude, like between, between the Genesis, between the Genesis of how Kristen and I got in touch, which would bring in a little bit of the Gary V thing without actually breaching it yourself. Like that'll bring that in. So that'll be good. Yeah. Between that and the, and the like international collaboration and how fast this thing got off the ground. And by that point, how far we'll be with it. And we could talk about the film and we can talk about like 
dude, like that's another, that's easily another hour. Yeah. Right. There. Oh, for sure. And I think, yeah, I definitely think chopping it up and in parts, like would be really good, really good to this way. It's more focused on like, we got to what the focus was for this one, but then getting to the yeah. focus on the other one, I think would be uh, a lot more beneficial for both of us Huge. than it would be for like, us to drag this out to 1130 and then people only realistically watch the first half hour. So, right. You know, hundred percent. People get intimidated when they see how long things are. Right. So Dude. that's Dude. where it's like, man, some people do, some people don't. Lots of people, lots of people do. I used to be, I used to be like, if like a couple of years ago, if there was something that was like longer than like, well, not a couple of years ago, but when video first started popping, like if it was more than like two and a half minutes, I was out. Right. Yeah. But true. I've gotten more kind of now I've gotten a little bit more into the long form content and I'm watching mm -hmm. like two and a half hour interviews. Like I am, I am um, like 45 minutes into uh, a three person conversation with like, with David Rubin, Ben Shapiro and Jordan mm -hmm. Peterson. Right. Nice. Yeah. But it takes two and a half hours to really unpack it does, yeah. all of the stuff that they can, those three people. Yeah, absolutely. They're really talk about, right? True. True. Oh. Dude, yeah. it's been a slice. It's, it's been, been that, slice. yeah. And you, know what? and you know what? I'm glad that you are open to having the light on because. Yeah, it does. It helps. Just having that light on it it picked my vibe up like from here like it was here and then i went to here before Sweet. oh yeah yeah, nice, yeah. that's awesome that's, that's really your cool. moving forward that's your that's your look i like it i like it a lot yeah zoom I like the basketball. i like the basketball hoop i was i was wondering i was waiting for somebody eventually to point that out i was like yeah well i have a ball somewhere but yeah we used to like ball a bit with like the little nephews and nieces man i got like two older brothers each have three kids so. <laughs> Yo, you know what would be a sick thing to do is get really good at behind the back shots and like at the end of every show throw like uh all right thanks for watching like, Yo, it, was, it was nice having you man case signing off <laughs> that'd be sweet or i'll nail it once and then edit it in but i don't think i think it would be better the way you're doing it i think it would definitely be better the way you're doing it it'd be more finessed like yeah all right guys mid conversation so. yeah be like okay we're out see ya like your, it's like your sign on. That'd be sick. I'll get on that. Like that's a really good idea, man. <laughs> Definitely pull that off. But yeah. So Chris, I really appreciate it, man. Dude, really appreciate life. your time, man. So yeah, I guess I'll uh, I'll see you soon then. I guess if uh, I'm getting if I'm buying a book from you and yeah, awesome. I'm in. I'll see you tomorrow. I'll be dropping right. off that book. Okay. All right. Sounds good, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, brother.